Super. Super. What up, my brosifs? This is I, your lovable baby boy, Brank. Uh, we're coming here with a special episode. I'm being joined by the terrifying, no-gooder, do-batter. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I totally zoned out there. Uh, just... No! <laughs> uh, just, just Josh today, you know? Josh, just Josh around. Josh man. 3, 2021. It. Josh 3. Dude, Josh Hashtag 3, man. Josh this 3. is... This is exciting, bro. We're already here. E3. This is a special episode. We we wanted to do this during the week, but life is crazy, okay? We had to prep all the E3s for you. So we're the ones making the show. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, they actually call us. Uh, we are hosting and running the entire show as we speak. Um, yo, my bro, Seth. Before we get to all of our cool Dream 3s and stuff, because we got a special guest joining us today... What have you been playing? We'll do a quick runny down of what we've been playing. Quick rundown. So I play, I started, and I finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Wow, you finished the game? I did, yeah. I played Wow, does it get better at the end? I'm in like the grave horde, it's called, where you go and you like, you're underground and you kill like, I just don't like the combat at all. So every time there's a difficult boss, I like don't want to play anymore. So I think it's supposed to be like level 18, but he kills me in one hit. So yeah. it's not really fun. Yeah, um, the Grave Horde. Your... So you go underground into like an old missile base and there's essentially like a Metal Gear style oh, boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the trick is you just keep rolling and shooting. The, the regular arrows don't do anything to him. So you need to use the fire arrows and you blow oh. up the little... Every like five hits, he lets these little like orange glowing tanks down and then you shoot those things that are attached to him and it ex- they're like his battery cells. He exposes them and he just explodes okay. after so many hits. But you're, I mean, you're pretty close to the end. I'd say you're about 85% done. Man, it just, it feels like such a slog, man. I'm like level 37 and I want to say that quest is level 18 and I still, you know, I tried the boss for like a minute and he shot me once, and then I died because I didn't have enough healing stuff. Because I, I hate the healing mechanic in that game. I just don't find it fun at all, like having to collect the ingredients and not really. I, I think you can purchase healing items, but you're really limited to just that main town. Were you able to get through the whole game with no problems? Yeah, I mean, I, w- one thing I guess that really irritated me was the uh, I don't like how everywhere you go, those machines see you. You know, you can't like... Yeah. You can't do anything in that game without being spotted by machines. So I got to the point where I just like, I just started running by them. You know, I didn't really, I stopped yeah. like caring. And I just started running by them. And I didn't, and granted, like I did maybe like 40% of the side quests. And then I just got to a point where like, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing this. So I'm caught up on when the next one comes out. So I don't really care to do all the side quests. But then you find out at the end of the game that the side quests, like the more things you do for people, the more people show up to help you fight the last boss, which makes the last boss easier. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I I plan on beating it at some point. Um, I need to move it to my internal PS5 drive because the the loading on the X, I have it on external right now, which BT dubs, they have some issues if you plug externals into your PS5. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my whole entire uh, console hard reset on me yesterday or hard brick on me last night so i had to go and factory reset it and do all this other nonsense so just fyi ps5 is really buggy and if you plug in externals like i have decided to do because that internal hard drive is so small 
then you're going to have a lot of issues. So I, yeah, just FYI, if you guys are doing that like me and you don't want to have to like keep loading and and downloading games and all stuff, like know that you might break your system. That's the risk I'm willing to take as well because it's either that or I can only download like Returnal and Ratchet and Clank and like one other game and then the whole hard drive is full. Yeah. And that's maybe, that's exaggerating, but it's it's very close to that. I think I can get six games on there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yesterday I encountered my first issue with uh, Ratchet and Clank, or not Ratchet and Clank, with the PS5 while trying to install Ratchet and Clank. It would not install the update. Like the, my PlayStation just refused to install the update. I had that the other day with dreams. Yeah. It finally fixed itself later after I shut it off and came back. But yeah, I, I, there's some weird stuff. I don't know if you've ever looked in the PlayStation stuff, but the way it loads and then it will copy after you download the update, it will copy that to your drive. Yeah. I mean, we could have, we could have a whole nother podcast. <laughs> what else have you been playing um, uh, besides uh, uh, horizon zero dawn, which by, by the way, before we leave it. So what do you think of it now that you're done? I mean, it's fun. It's not like I don't think it's like the amazing action adventure game that everyone like toted it as being. But I mean, it was it was entertaining. You know, I like I would give it middle of the road rating like a seven point five or an eight. You know, but it's not like a it's not a ten by any stretch of the imagination. But no way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It has it has flaws. You know, it definitely has flaws, which I guess like the, the you know, and when we have more time, I'll go more into it. But like, it's there's just a lot of things in the game that irritate me. Like they're trying for a game that tries so hard to be like Assassin's Creed and like Breath of the Wild. Like it, there's just some some things that it really misses. You know, and like the a big thing is the lack of the ability to climb everywhere. You can only climb places where there's little like yellow markers. Like that was annoying to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I think they're supposed to fix that for Forbidden West. And we've talked about this to no end, but the fact that that game came out like two weeks before Breath of the Wild really showcased just the design uh, decisions that I think now were aged very poorly, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were like cool decisions at the time before Breath of the Wild came out. Then three weeks later, Breath of the Wild came out. It's like, oh, you can climb anything. You know, and obviously we've had Assassin's Creed and stuff in the past, but there were a lot more games that limited your climbing options mm-hmm. before, you know, this. And that's like a Sony thing, you know, like even go Tsushima, like there were climbing paths. Yes, there were more of them than Horizon, but that's just what they like to do. They don't like you to have like that endless um, options because that's really hard to program and make look beautiful. So if they're like worrying about every finger hold, they got to make sure that they can check and test every finger hold to make sure it's worthwhile. Right. Um but you got a PS5. You're finally getting into the games. What have you played on it? Uh, so I played, as far as PS5 games go, I, I, we talked about Sackboy. I, I played that a little bit. It's pretty fun. Oh. Um, it reminds me of Yoshi's uh, Dream, Yoshi's Yarn. Yoshi's Woolly World Woolly or Yoshi's uh, Yarn? Whichever the, whatever. whatever one is on um, Switch is the one it reminds me of. I think it's Yoshi's Woolly World, but I can't remember, man. I know you picked that up when it was cheap one time. I just think those games are so boring. Like, I tried the demo, and I couldn't even convince myself to play more than, like, 10 minutes of it. So as beautiful as it looked, like, it just has no challenge. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's, at least with, like, Sackboy is kind of, you have to find things hidden within the levels, you know? Like, Yoshi, you're looking for, I think it's stars, I want to say, in that game, but, like, 
I yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't really get too far. There's certain things you you need to like unlock the next thing. And Sackboy is the same exact thing, but they have like bonus things to look for within the levels, and that helps you like buy gear and customize what your guy looks like. Um, okay, well, there were there were two huge tiles that came out this week. Have you had a chance to try either of those? Uh, okay, so I just an update on what I've got. I I, I found yeah. Godfall on Amazon for twenty bucks, which I I picked up. Nice. Have you turned it on yet? No, I haven't. Ter- I was waiting for okay. my internet to go back on. Um, oh yeah, yeah I think those... it's a live service game, so I don't even think you could play without. Internet. Yeah. So I got that. I got Final Fantasy VII uh, remake Intergrade, and I know you nice. you tried. I have not started it yet, so I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, but yeah. I I also picked up uh, Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. So I know we we had talked about this a bit off uh, off podcast. Um, yeah the ratings that this game is getting like not rate, but the review ratings it's getting like, it's crazy to me because everyone's it's getting like solid nines and it's not a nine. Yeah. You know, it's not, not, it, it, it showcases what the PS five can do, but it's not like breathtaking. It's a plat, it's a 3d platformer. You know, it's not like, it's not, uh, it's not a nine, you know, it's, I would give it like a seven, 7.5, but it's, it's not like fun enough, I guess, to be a nine. Like it, there, there's nothing, they don't reinvent the wheel by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm, I'm curious where the, why they're giving it such high, uh, high marks. So I think a lot of that has to do with it being an early title for the PS five and the Sony fan base really likes the Sony console and ecosystem. Like if you, I mean, Returnal is a perfect example of a game that I personally don't think is that great. And I think most people, when they get a little bit further away from it, don't seem to go back. Like if you hear the giant bomb dudes, like the second they stop playing, they're like, I don't want to, I don't really need to go back to right, it, you know? Right. Um, Ratchet and Clank, I do think it's extremely fun. I think in a world where Crackdown 3 could get an eight, I could see Ratchet and Clank getting a nine. But mm-hmm. because of the review world that we live in, where like Microsoft titles generally get sixes and sevens, this is not a nine title if we're living in those bounds, you yeah, know? Right. To me, like a nine title if, if we're, you know, going to have like an equal system is Super Mario Odyssey. You know what I mean? Like a game that does a lot of really cool things. That's close to a 10, but that's like a nine, you know, whereas like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is beautiful and it's fairly fun. Like I'm almost outside of what I would call the tutorial area. It does feel like there's a lot of tutorialization in this one. You know, yeah. I'm like gone through multiple cutscenes, and it's very fun, but I also like yearn to just be able to play the game, right. which I'm hoping will be coming soon. I, I think I've almost got there because uh, when I do play, it is fun. I do really enjoy it. I, I like I said, I don't think it's a Odyssey level of like platformer, but I do think it's um, it's probably like you said, seven point five eight. I could totally see an eight. Like I yeah, do enjoy yeah. these games a lot, um, and if it gets uh, incredible, I could even imagine eight point five. But a lot of this this review hype we're seeing is because of Sony. It is because Mm -hmm. it's Sony and because it's a PS5 exclusive. A lot of people want more of those. I mean, you'll listen to uh, IGN reviewers talk about like the only reason why they even have an Xbox is because they work for IGN. Like they don't even care, you know, they would rather not do it. Disclosing that is, is not very professional on itself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird, but that's the world we live in. You know, we live in an extremely biased, totally subjective world and somehow everybody on earth is cool with that at this point like you don't need uh objectivity and you don't need to be unbiased whether that's in the news or games or whatever you just don't need anymore people don't care so i yeah i don't know in that way though 
out of games I see getting a nine, like I believe Rat- I enjoy Ratchet and Clank more than Horizon. If I'm like comparing two weird comparisons to Sony titles, yeah. so I would rather see Ratchet and Clank get a nine than like Horizon, where like yes, Horizon's beautiful, but and yes, the bow shooting the bow is fun, but the rest of the game is I don't know. I didn't I didn't really love it. I found like there was way too much like BS with it came to like mm-hmm. killing the monsters, the monsters finding you wherever you are, the monsters like overwhelming you and it not being fun in any way. Yeah, yeah. But um are you just at the beginning of Ratchet and Clank? How 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 far are you? I'm, I'm about two hours in. Okay, I'm about forty percent through the game. Like I've You're already forty percent through Rift Apart? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I mean, wow. I so here's the thing though, I haven't been just playing it myself. Like my kids have been playing it too. So they're you know, when I'm not playing, they're playing. So it's they oh, they've, okay. they've played a lot more than I have, but I've I probably played a good like three hours of it. I think I played an hour and a half last night, I played an hour and a half this morning. You don't you didn't want to do like different save files so you could experience the whole thing or yeah, yeah I mean I'll go back to it eventually I just like yeah. in this house anytime I put the controller down somebody picks it up somebody picks it up you know like I even if I pause it someone will pick it up and unpause it so I have to like uh, okay yeah we have to I have to do the I have to give a tutorial on how to like change save files you know oh yeah and that is kind of a confusing thing and it's very easy for safe files to be overwritten and especially with like the way the um the way the saves are auto saves like mm-hmm. you can't like click start and then go to save can't teach them that way you have to make them a profile yeah. that can access the game so in that way it is a lot more complicated my niece and nephew have you know my brother-in-law taught them and they are able to do it but yeah. you know it, you could yeah. teach them it's just a matter of you know wanting to set up those profiles and do all those things uh the other big title is final fantasy 7 remake intergrade did you get a chance to even turn it on yet are you in no, the download phase I, yeah i have not my internet just oh, wow. got back up and running yesterday yeah. so i gotta i gotta i'll work on it today but yeah tell me about yeah. it i'm like i'm curious so yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, I have the disc version. I decided to only spend twenty dollars and get the uh, uh, intermix. What is what is the the DLC called? It's like integrate, integrate, intermission, intermission. Oh, okay. okay. I uh, spend the twenty bucks because if you have the uh, any purchased version of Final Fantasy VII Remake, you get a free upgrade to the PS5 version, but you don't get the Yuffie DLC. You have to pay either buy the game again for seventy dollars, which I know that's what you decided to do, or you spend twenty bucks and you get just the DLC, and then the other game gets upgraded graphically. Um, I started, I started it. I enjoy it. We've, we, you and I have talked off air a lot about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I, I do find it fun when I play it, but I'm never compelled to play it or go back to it. I don't know if it's because I don't want to miss stuff. Like, I don't know what part of my brain is like, I don't want to turn this on. Like, it feels like work. But whatever that is, like, I've played it for about two hours. Um, I feel like the whole thing is, or no, maybe not even two hours, maybe like 45 minutes. I think the whole thing's only supposed to be three to five hours in length. Um, there's a lot of like side quest stuff. So I do planning to engage with that. I did try the Fort Condor stuff, which is like a clash of cl- or not clash of clans, clash Royale style tower defense, little thing where you make a guy and they all cancel each other out and they go after the base. And, you know, it's like an auto thing. You just build the, the little minions. Um, but that being said, like I, I do really enjoy it. It is really beautiful. It's just, we, we talked about Final Fantasy seven remake a lot. It is not my cup of tea in some ways like i really yeah. do love it but i don't want to play it that sounds so it, weird so it, it, I, no i mean i totally understand what you're saying because yeah 
I'm trying to like think about what makes that game so much different from the other Final Fantasies, and it's the fact that you know we haven't encountered the open world yet in the game. You know, and I'm sure maybe that'll happen with like part two, or they might not even do an open world. But in this game, yeah, it, it is. It's a shopping list game. You know, like you, yeah. it tells you what to do. Like you don't have the freedom to really explore like you do in other Final Fantasies. It's just like. Yeah, it, it tells you what to do. It gives you a task, and you go and do that task. And outside the side quests, the the very few and vanilla side quests, there's not really a lot to engage in in the game outside of what you're being told to do. And I, I think that's a big thing. I have an issue with the new Final Fantasy VII remake is that the original the Midgar section was extremely linear, mm-hmm. but it was also fairly short. It was maybe like four or five hours. And then you were done with it and you moved out to the open world and then the game kind of began and it would push you along. But in those old school game style ways, like side quests weren't really a thing. So I never really thought of them. So I just would play the game and have fun, level up and screw around with whatever they had in front of me. The problem with this is side quests are a thing. They are vanilla. I don't want to miss any of them because the game is like not very big otherwise. Right. Yeah. And you don't have a you don't have a lot of ways to level up or or grind to gain experience. So things can be way more challenging if you don't engage in the side quests. And the thing that even makes it more stressful, which is the thing that you know, Dr. Donna and you and I will talk about a lot off air all the time, is there it's very easy to go on the main path without knowing it all the time, you know? And right. like Final Seven Remake does a good job of being like, hey, if you go here, you know, this is the main story. These are side quests. But sometimes like I don't want to do the side quests. I do want to yeah. propel the main story, but I can't because if you do that, you can't go back to do the side quests. It's yeah, a very it, linear chapter-based game. Yeah, it locks you out on certain things. And you have – that's why, you know, like I – there's some – I forget what quest it is, like where you're looking for like a witch or something in the game and like – you have to go. You have to re- know that there's like a an offshoot on the path yeah. that you're going on, and if you miss your opportunity to hit that offshoot, then that sucks for you because you can't go back to it. Yeah, you got to restart the chapter at the beginning or do a new game plus. And I'm sure there are a ton of people who love that. When I think about making my own game, I even think of ideas like that. But the games mm-hmm. that I enjoy the most are games that generally don't lock you. I, I just hate that feeling of like. Oh, I missed the thing. I can't go back. The only way to go back is a new game plus. Yeah. It's just unlikely I'm ever going to do that new game plus. Yeah. And you unless get, the game is super short. Right. And you get a, a weird feeling of like FOMO, right? When you're like, yeah. oh, it, this happens to me in, in every game. I mean, I guess up until like the new like Xbox One, PS4 generation, you're not to worry about that because you're looking for like trinkets for trophies and stuff. But like, yeah. I always want to go off into these rooms because I don't know what's there that I'm going to miss out on, you know? And it's like in horizon, you have to find power cells and you lose the opportunity to find these power cells after certain points in the game. So I'm trying to make sure I hit every little nook and cranny everywhere I can. Cause I don't know what I'm going to get locked out of next time. Like in the, in the old generation of Xbox and playstations, you don't have to worry about that. Right. They had like yeah. some stuff that was prevalent to the lore, but it's really just like a poster or something on a computer screen. But now like, if you want to complete, if you're a completionist, they always have things hidden in rooms that you got to go. And if you miss it, you're like, you just, you're screwed. You can't go back to it. Yeah. I, I do feel that same sense of like struggling and I, I could be our age too. I don't, I don't want to put it all just on the games because like we are getting older, so we have less time. So when something is like very time consuming and you could potentially miss out on one of the coolest Mm -hmm. parts of the game, 
it is frustrating, especially because like, I don't love using guides anymore. I yeah. didn't mind them as much when I was younger. Um, but guides have become something I just don't enjoy. Prima. Like, the, remember the Prima strategy? Guides? Yeah. I used to get Brady <laughs> games for all the oh. Final Fantasy games. I had Brady games guides and they were so well made. I bought them for every single Final Fantasy up to 13. And that was the last game I bought a guide for. I almost bought it for 15 too, just for the nostalgia sake. Uh, yeah. But you, I, I didn't get it. You almost needed them for Final Fantasy games. Yes. Just because you, 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 they had nice elaborate walkthroughs on the internet, but nothing that like really gave you a visual of like what you're getting into. So and you, where the items are mm-hmm. and all those things that I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't really gone back. You know, I did seven, uh, not too long ago on the Vita. And I just kind of, because like I said, side quests aren't, there's no like side quest tab. I just kind of skipped all of them and I got yeah. to the end of the game and that's where it starts opening up. And I, I stupidly looked at a guide and it's like, Oh, you should do this quest and this quest and this quest. And they're all required to be level 99. And right. I just couldn't be bothered. I was like level 40 and I didn't want to have to like look up, you know, okay, this is where you go to do this grind, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I, that's not how I engage with games anymore. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of, people feel that way i mean we saw that with uh people were complaining about assassin's creed odyssey back in the day for selling uh xp booster which was totally unnecessary but people didn't want to feel like they were not getting the proper xp just because time has become a lot more valuable oh especially yeah board games yeah. everything and that's um, yeah that whole like um i guess microtransaction thing if you're someone who doesn't have time to play games it's a and you're willing to spend the money it's an okay option i suppose yeah, man. Um, it looks like our special guest is getting a little lost. I, I would love it if he could join us for this next section. But I think because we do have a limited amount of time and we're doing this during E3 weekend, I think we should first, uh, if it's okay with you, tell people that this is Super BS, a podcast about video games mostly, as you can guess by now. And then two, talk about the Summer Games Fest. Before we do some predictions for tomorrow's Microsoft Showcase and uh, you know, maybe Nintendo and just put like five predictions out and maybe a dream three wish list. Um, we should talk about yesterday's showcase. I was curious what you thought of it. Uh, the Jeff Keeley's uh, Summer Games Fest, I think it was called. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was a lot more than I thought it would be. You know, I like yeah. last year there was something like this. I, was it? I don't know if Jeff Keeley did it, but like there was something like that, and it was he a, did. a small showcase, and they had smaller titles. Um, there's a lot of good stuff here, you know, like this is, I, I guess one thing that could be said that's good about the, the lack of E3 in person is that these indie games get a lot more spotlight, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know that I am probably interested in playing. You know, you have, yeah, like, there's, if you have the time, there's like the gorilla collective, which was over two weekends. It was, uh, recording this on Saturday, June 12th. Um, hopefully you're hearing this Saturday, June 12th, cause some of this stuff's going to age pretty poorly, but, uh, the Gorilla Collective had a, a showcase today and last week. I didn't get a chance to watch those. Those were tons of indie games. They had, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember, like World of Delight or uh, Wholesome Direct. They had like all these different showcases. While we're speaking, the Ubisoft E3 press conference going on, Ubisoft Forward, and it's, man, I'm watching it off to the side if you're watching a video of this and seeing why I'm looking up. It, it's what it is. It's not terrible, but it's not incredible. Um but yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of ways to showcase your game right now. And uh, I feel like you said you got a chance to chat with some devs, and we might have that up on the Super BS yes, stream this most week, hopefully. definitely. Yeah, I got to chat cool. with uh, people at Freedom Games. Check out their thing on Monday. I think it, it t- goes on at like 12 or 12.30 in the cool. afternoon. But yeah, we I talked about a nice RPG in another game called Cat Cafe Manager. And that's another thing. 
I love that all since, you know, game devs are having to work from home, there's a lot of business simulators coming out and they're actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's so many, uh, so many games out there. There's games for everyone. That's the neat thing. Like you're talking about a cat cafe manager game. Like, I mean, these are games like you can't even imagine them spending time on. And there's, I, I watched a trailer for unmetal. I think it was called. Oh yeah. And it was like, uh, a parody of Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. and it looked like stupid but it was actually pretty funny the jokes were good which is not something I normally say in video games um, but yeah man I, I'm really excited for this E3 I feel like it's going to be a weird one I don't know if we're going to get the type of predictions that we normally want but let's let's run over at least like I think four of the biggest things that were shown yesterday let's kick off with the thing that I am not super stoked on but I think you might be interested in Tiny Tina's Wonderland I want to say it's the title. Yeah, yeah Tiny um, Tina's Wonderland. They showed they had the the girl. I forget what her name is, but she does the voice of Ashley Tiny Birch. Tina. Yeah, she came out, spoke with Jeff Keighley. They showed the trailer. Um, they didn't show any gameplay, but I'm pretty sure they're saving that for their conference later today. Okay. Yeah i I don't know what that game is. Like, I don't know if it's still going to be a shooter. Like, um. Uh, what was the DLC for Borderlands 2? Dragon Keep, Assault and Dragon Keep. Yeah, no, well, yeah, like well, that's what this whole thing is inspired by. I don't think there's yeah. yeah, and they showed in the trailer that one of the characters had guns, so maybe it yeah, is. Yeah, I was hoping it was gonna be swords and sorcery style, like first person shooter RPG, just because we don't get that like ever. I don't know if it's because it's not fun, but it would be cool to have something different from just Borderlands formula of a million guns, but this time set in like a fantasy world, you know, right. where you're shooting stuff. Which yeah, because you can do magic in this. I think that was the big okay. thing. Well, they said, that, so they go, this is a Borderlands game, but it isn't a Borderlands game. Like, it's if it's yeah. if you've played Borderlands, you'll like it, and if you haven't played Borderlands, it's a good place to start. So that's very cryptic, and I'm sure we'll yeah. know more by the end of today. But, um, you isn't know. Isn't it wild that they started that trailer with, like, cast, like, celebrity, like, not an A-list, but, like, a B-list cast, and it's, like, the... In my way, that was such like a, or in my idea, that's such a weird way to try to sell a game. It's like Andy Samberg, Will Arnett, Wanda Sykes, and Wanda Sykes, come on. I mean, when's the last so time we've even heard of her? Cast uh, but SNL, like, yeah, yeah. I w- most of that cast, even besides Andy Samberg, like yeah. they're, they've seen their better days. But my biggest thing is even really that. It's more like, that's not why people are driven to play games. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I've ever thought of a game and been like, oh, I'm, I'm going to play that because that guy's in it, you know? Yeah. I've thought that's neat when there's <laughs> when there's actors I like in it, but I've never, you know, I didn't go to Fallout 3 because Liam Neeson was a voice in it, you know? Right. So, yeah, it, yeah, I forgot about just, that. It's just such a weird idea. I'm hoping that game's good. I've shared my complaints about Borderlands 3 so many times on pretty much anywhere that I could talk about it. I don't know if we talked about it on this new, you know, season two, if you will, of Super BS. But my biggest issues really are like limited characters. I guess you can supposedly customize your character this time, which is good. Um, limited classes. I just feel like the whole thing is like a game from 360. Like they just did not make the upgrades for Borderlands 3 that they needed to. And a few times I played with you and my friends, it was fun. But beyond playing with people, it is a boring slog fest of running through a very confusing dungeon with a horrible map system, trying to just do whatever quest you can. Um, so I know you feel slightly different about the Borderlands series, but they're going to have to do a lot to sell me on tiny, tiny Tina's wonderland. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I really just want to know what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that their conference that they have will have more 
information on that. Do you think they'll have any big other big announcements um, for things that people might actually be interested in? Because I know they're they're outside Borderlands. There's not really a lot going on with them. Oh, you mean for Gearbox? Yeah. Oh, I I have. We'll, we can talk about some predictions in a hot minute, but uh, we'll, we'll finish up Summer Game Fest. But I, Gearbox, I am not going to predict anything, man. I mean, okay. they are uh, – what? They did Doom and Colonial Marines, and otherwise they hey, just man. have done like um, – I, I don't know, man. They're, they're not my uh, favorite, I guess, publisher, but also oh. developer. Yes. They're just like a weird, um, a weird company. But I'm going to bring up something that I thought was really, really cool from the Summer Games Fest that isn't like the big tent poles at the beginning and the end. Uh, It was Metal Slug Tactics. It is a game by Dot Emu, and they're the company that did um, Streets of Rage 4 and a few other things. But yeah, Metal Slug Tactics, I thought, just looked so beautiful. It was the second game in the showcase. I love tactics games. And I just thought that art style was killers. The Streets of Rage 4 devs yes. can't wait for it, even though yeah. that wasn't my game. But mm-hmm. that's still like I, I that was probably outside of, you know, the end Elden Ring. Metal Slug Tactics was my game of Summer Games Fest. Um, otherwise, I thought the, the the whole showcase was OK. You know, I heard kind of funny games rated today as like a, a B minus to a B plus range. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it deserves. There was it was a, an hour and 45 minute showcase with probably nine um nine big not even nine big announcements probably six big announcements if that if you can call big like you know tunic update a few games update a valorant character nothing too crazy but um yeah so mel slug tactics for me did you have anything that stuck out um before we get to the other two big ones yeah blacktail actually looked really cool to me where you're the uh you're the uh the witch or you're a young baba yaga from russian mythology and you're oh. you have this bow and arrow, and you're basically going around and you're helping missing children. Like it looks like a really neat concept. Like that was one that really stuck out to me. Oh wow! I'm just looking at this right now. I totally missed it. You know what? I was uh, I was leaving for work during the Summer Games Fest, so I actually missed the second half of it. So oh. I didn't even get to see the Elden Ring announcement at the time of launch. I watched it later that night. Um, yeah, this, this looks like it could be pretty cool, man. Um, still the bummer about it and metal slug is no, no, no release. Date, no release dates. Totally Barely bad. any of this stuff got release dates. Um, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. The, the, yeah. The third weird tentpole before we get to the, I think the biggest thing that was announced, but the third weird tentpole was the Hideo Kojima like interview. Did you get a chance to watch that or no? Yeah. He, I mean, he sounds like a cool guy, but he just kind of like yeah. ranted and rambled. And then they showed yeah. that death stranding thing where it was obviously a shout out to metal gear solid because yeah. of the, the whole box thing. But I don't, if the game death stranding was not that people didn't like that. So I, I'm curious yeah. like why they're toting a, uh, director's cut because that's another thing i keep hearing from sony fanboys well we're getting the another exclusive in a death stranding director's cut like oh okay how many of you guys are actually going to be picking that one up yeah so i never got around to playing death stranding i watched at a friend's house it does not look like a fun game that being said there are some cool moments with music so if this comes out and I can pick it up for 20 bucks or if it's a free update for like the current Death Stranding, which I've seen for $20 multiple times, I may actually pick up the game and try it out. Mm-hmm. It's not a game I plan on finishing. I want to play like maybe four hours of it just to see the world because 
to be honest with you, the, what, the little I saw looks kind of miserable. But if it's yeah. cheap enough, like I, I do want to like experience, they have a really cool soundtrack for it with like churches and a bunch of bands and they, okay. they use that music at really cool moments that are really cinematic. Yeah. But the actual like enemies that you see, they suck and the darkness or whatever it's called, like the sludge is awful and it's not fun. And yeah, there's just a whole lot of bad choices that they decide to do that. You're just like, Whoa, okay, whatever, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that whole thing was strange. It, it also sounded like Hideo Kojima maybe thinks he's a prophet. So he said he was worried because like every game he makes is coming true because Death Stranding was about like a world where people are afraid of seeing each other and you're delivering packages from door to door because there's been like, I wasn't sure if it's a virus. I think it is a virus that's wiped out all of humanity. So anyways, it, it was a weird conference thing. And uh, the video call was ultra strange because he was like really distraught. Um, I also wonder if he's going to be working for Xbox soon because there is a rumor that they're picking up uh, Hideo Kojima's um, studio. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be. Uh, I mean, he needs. Uh, he needs. I don't know. He does not need to have like free reign over things. You know, I don't think he makes yeah. the right decisions he, always. Even he's a George he, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's a perfect metaphor for him. He's just. Uh, I think Microsoft could really like rein him in and make his stuff good. He's got good ideas and he's talented. Yeah. He's just needs to realize that he's not God. Yeah, that is. <laughs> what do you mean he's not God? He is God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but anyways, let's get to the biggest thing just so we can do some predictions and a little bit of Dream 3 in. Uh, Elden Ring. It was yeah. something I actually expected at the Microsoft conference, if at all, mm-hmm. this year. I had seen that there was a leak that went, you know, that the uh, Amazon had put it up for pre order, but I was like, okay, I'll still kind of be surprised if Jeff Keighley gets it for Summer Games Fest. Yeah. But boy, that looks cool. I've never finished a Dark Souls game or a Sekiro or Bloodborne, I've got to the very end. But I, I, like all of those, I'm definitely going to be trying it out. Like, I can't wait to get me some Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, it looks really great. It looks like a very, very dark world, like something that I'd be dreamed up in the mind of, uh, like, Dante Alligre, uh, his divine yeah, comedy. Yeah. You know, like, it it has a very uh, dark and ominous feel to it. And the world feels very hopeless. And something about that intrigues me. Yeah, I think... Um, uh, the thing I think I'm most interested in by it isn't even like the game itself, which I'm sure is going to be fun, but it's more like the idea of did George R. R. Martin do anything or did he just put his name out there and maybe write the paragraph that they have on their website? No, he, because that, he created yeah. the lore in the game. But do you think he actually did? That guy is like notoriously slow with every single thing. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's like one of those producer credits where he like he wrote, you know, a paragraph and was like, yeah, maybe the world should be like this, you know, like kind of probably what he gave to uh, David Weiss, I think was his name, the showrunners of, uh, uh, yeah. of Game of Thrones, where like a lot of people are thinking he like gave them like rough notes on what the ending would be like. And that's why the show <laughs> ended the way it did, where it's like he yeah. wasn't planning on and getting he, it getting to that place that way. They use him as guinea pigs. So, and he's like, oh, maybe that didn't work so well. People didn't really like that. So I'm going to change it when I'm a million years old and I finish the books. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I do love his old books, but I heard the guys who used to be part of the Giant Bombcast, now are Next Landers, just a shout out to them, Vinny Caravelle, Brad Shoemaker, and Alex Navarro. Um, they just released a new podcast and Patreon, all that junk. Really neat. Um, really? I, yeah, yeah. They have an episode up. It's pretty cool. It's like a dad cast pretty much because they're all what's, older. But uh, What's it called? 
next lander, um, N-E-X-T-L-A-N-D-E-R. Anyways, they mentioned that like, uh, it's going to be really hard to get back into that book series, just, a you know, aside from your George R. R. Martin, if or when it ever comes out. So like, I kind of feel that way too. I read, uh, Dance with Dragons, um, like 2011 and we're what, 2021. So, oh, uh oh, we got a guest on. I love this. We got a, we got a, I'm reading a big dog. Is that what I've heard? There's a, a large dog that has joined the podcast. What's, what up, up, what's up? up? What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? Um, we are stoked to have you here. I don't know if you've been on a Super BS yet. Have you? I don't think so. People probably recognize your dulcet tones from uh topicopolis a topic-based podcast uh, um yeah. also that uh you know that uh the terrible horrific uh josh has a show run before um but reviled. yeah the revile the most reviled uh, person on or revered it's up to them you know it's no no it's actually mainly reviled everybody we did a poll while it. <laughs> we did the poll sorry you're reviled not revered let's get that out of the way you're done um, okay, big dog. You actually joined us at the perfect moment. We have just kind of gone over what has been E3 so far, which isn't a ton. We're talking about Elden Ring. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that video. I haven't. Okay, it, it looked pretty cool. But mainly what we want to do today is do some predictions for what we think is going to be shown pretty much at the Microsoft conference, the Square Enix conference, or the Nintendo conference, because literally as we're doing this right now, the Ubisoft conference is going on, and they're showing us Valhalla, Siege of Paris. Um, so what, before we kick it off to the guests, just so you can get your feet wet, Josh, what is a, a real prediction before we do a dream three wish list of the dreams that we wish the games that we wish were going to be shown? What is something you think is actually going to happen like uh, in the next two days, three days? So I think we're going to get a glimpse at the new fable. You yep. think gameplay will be shown? I think gameplay will be shown. Um, I, I like think that. there's going to be a gear and I, this one could be totally off, but I think there's going to be a gear spinoff of some kind, whether it's judgment or another mm-hmm. tactics based game there's going to, cause they can't, you know, I don't know how far into development gear six is, but they can't go another, you know, they, they, they're going to put something out cause that's one of their like flagship titles. Um, I, yeah. I also think that we are going to, I, Halo is pretty obvious. I'm not even going to touch that yeah. one. Um, I also think that we are going to get, uh, a solid release date for, uh, Sinwa's sacrifice or not. Oh, sacrifice, wow. That's but, cool. Um, did you ever play that game? Big dog? Hellblade? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? I didn't get to the end. I only played like the beginning half of it. It was neat, but I struggled with like an early puzzle and I was just like, I don't. It was frustrating. I had to do the old school, like I had to look it up how to fix how to do oh, it. Yep. Yeah. Same. I had to do that for one of the puzzles too. Same. Yeah. yeah I haven't, I, did, I haven't had to use a game guide in forever. Same. That was why I was so frustrated. There was like a, a door early on and they gave you like this really cryptic uh, oh, I you know, know one. puzzle solution. I, yeah. And I was just like, what am I doing? And yeah, I was stuck on that for a while. Then I was like, screw this. I'm just going to look up how to do it. Well, they, yeah, yeah it's, it's in the beginning. They have those like gates and it's like the first thing you encounter is like a bunch of gates and you have to figure out how to open it. But the person you fight keeps coming back to life. So that was kind of annoying. But I mean, it, in, in retrospect, though, I think what made that game so great outside, like, the general message and the mental health stuff they put in there, I think it was the fact that for such a small game, the combat was so well put together. Yeah, I liked the fighting I finally got to, which I didn't get very far, so I finally got to one fight, and it was fun. <laughs> it was but, fun. but, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I am excited for that. Um, uh, Big Dog, do you have any uh, predictions for the – let's just start with the Microsoft one. We Maybe we'll skip the Square Enix one because I think everything that we've heard is rumored will probably come out with Final Fantasy Origins, probably Final Fantasy 16. Otherwise, none of us have a lot on the line for Square Enix. So any prediction for Microsoft tomorrow? Um, other than like the, the like what Josh said, the Fable and Halo, um, I heard rumors and I'm hoping that um, – because Microsoft has been working with Lucasfilm on remaking yeah. Knights of the Old Republic – yeah, mm, yeah, I heard of that too. I'm hoping that happens, man. That game's great. Yeah, I heard that they might not do it this year, but someone said that that they might be trying to to get a trailer out of them or some kind of footage of something. So we might see something. That would be cool. I really, even if the games aren't coming out this year, I hope Microsoft just pulls that Sony 2016, 2017 conference where every game that people have wanted get shown like oh it was it was yeah it was it was the it was the holy grail of e3s where everybody yeah, like got the everything they wanted yep yeah and, and those those games took forever to be fair and that's not the yeah. way i like conferences to go but i would love people just to take a break from sony praising for a minute and be stoked on e3 even if the games aren't because i, I wait, really, wait this podcast is sponsored by sony what are you oh uh, yeah uh, yeah we only do sony sponsored oh, content this is um, really awkward now but yeah, I I don't really see Microsoft actually having a lot coming out this year. I'm still hopeful that Starfield will make it the Bethesda I, title. I heard I heard a lot of stuff about Starfield. Yeah, I'm really hoping that even if it's early 2022, like just show well, us something. Because they even they even said in the, like the in the um it was it the banner where it, it obviously showed uh, Halo uh, Infinite or whatever, but then someone yeah. said that the the planet on the bottom half of the banner is the Starfield planet. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. So they're, yeah. they're thinking they're, they're going to drop something. Man, it's just, I think the Microsoft conference is the most exciting because they have like, I forgot how many studios, like 30 some studios. So it's like, yeah. there's so thought, much potential on top yeah, of game. One other one that I was hoping to see, or at least get a, I want to get a, I've seen uh gameplay footage, but a uh, release date would be uh falling frontier. Falling I don't know frontier. if you've heard about that. It's a more of, it's like an RTS. It's like a, if you've ever seen the, the show, Expa- the expanse. I, I do know of The Expanse. I haven't watched it. It's kind of like that, based okay. off of that. Here. Oh, Falling Frontier. Yeah, okay, this looks really cool. No, I haven't seen this at all. Have you seen it, Josh? No, sorry, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, this is cool. It's like a space combat RTS. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to – kind of reminds me of a – I don't know if you guys ever played the game Homeworld. I never <laughs> I never got deep into it, but that's kind of what it reminds me of um back in the day but yeah that could be cool i mean microsoft's also supposed to show off age of empires 4 which i've always been a fan of that series so like if i ever get a pc i haven't I played age of play empires that. forever <laughs> oh man those games were so good though i didn't play three like i tried it once and it just wasn't for me which is a bummer because i like the setting like it's, colonial america but yeah, yeah it's, it's on just, games pass uh, right you can play it yeah, on it, if you have PC. a pc games pass yeah Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can play all, I think Age of Empires 2 Definitive is there too, as well as maybe even one. I don't know if they redid Age of Mythology, which was a fun one, because that was like a weird, like, I think kind of Microsoft Studio mixed with the guys who did. Don't uh, you remember uh, Coach Ian was a big fan of that game? Age of Mythology. <laughs> oh, that's I, right. Yeah. And then what's the, the janitor used to always play that in his little closet that he had he also played civiliz- yeah he played civilization i remember that guy playing civilization oh, yeah, he all himself the time. in the computer lab yeah, yeah. Dude, that guy is so, so didn't someone put like a wiener someone drew a wiener <laughs> in his shop do you remember that <laughs> and he couldn't wash I mean, it it was on the wall and he couldn't like wash it off so every time he walked by there's just a giant junk drawn on the wall 
how could he not wash it off? I don't get I, how it would be like what either, they would use. That. Either he couldn't or he just chose not to. I don't know. He, he didn't want it, man. Got to keep that kind of keep that dong on the wall. <laughs> he um, liked that big veiny bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get to a little bit of predicting for Nintendo. Uh, my prediction is Breath of the Wild 2 is not going to be this year. I wish it was. I'm thinking early 2022. Um, and we're going to get hopefully – a couple more remasters of Zelda titles. This is their, whatever, 25th, 30th anniversary, one of the anniversaries Do you think one of those will end up being Ocarina of Time? I I really hope. I mean, even if it's just like an up-res 3DS port, as long as they do more work than they did on Super Mario 3D All-Stars 2 or whatever, the game that, you know, we revile every time we talk about it. As long as they do a little bit more work than that, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, I, and that's I'm sure we're gonna get something like that. Um, you know, I, I I'm leaning heavily towards a uh, them making an announcement about a Metroid game that we won't see for five, four or five years. Okay, yeah, I I I hope if they show Metroid again, they're showing it to be like, hey, it's coming out before the next E3. Doesn't have to come out this year, but they need it. Can't they can't do it. They, they should have not ever shown that logo yeah. when they didn't have a team making it. You know, just to me, it's, right. it's no good. Well, and this is something that Sony, both Sony and Nintendo are infamous for. Like, we're going to get yeah. a bunch of, like, banners and videos, but not we're not going to get any release dates for any of this stuff. Like, we'll get the release dates for the stuff that has to come out during holiday season. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple surprise announcements, but I don't think we're going to get any release dates for anything that's beyond 2021. Well, yeah, I will say that uh, that Sony um, or that Nintendo has gotten a lot better about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they used to be super bad, like you're saying, in the Wii U era where no one was buying their console. So they kept like, being like please buy our console. This might come out. But now right. I would say that most stuff they show is like, hey, it's coming out in six months. You know, hey, this is what's coming out. This is this that all the stuff that we've been waiting on was all shown in that one conference. No More Heroes 3, yeah. Shimagami Tensei 5, Bayonetta 3 um metroid prime 4 i think that was all that one year like 2017 yeah and since then i don't know if they've they've done anything that's like been like oh man this is coming out and it's like nope never came out so right i'm hoping that they they really knock it out of the park we we don't have too much more time for a show so i want to do what we call dream three wish list uh, you can present these any ways you want, but I want you guys to talk about at least one. We can go around at least one time, see if we've got a second round in us. One time around the circle and talk about a title that you want to see announced. Preferably something that is unlikely, but it would like make your dream wish list. If you want, so you guys have a second to do it, I will kick it off. Um, <laughs> I'm going to kick it off with something that if you are a fan of SuperBS or if you listen to us in the past, you will recognize this because this is still on my dream three wish list. Croc three. I envision a croc three. Yes, that's croc. <laughs> it's a croc game. That's all CBS is croc jokes and Reggie BMA like jumping on the top of roofs jokes. Um, or giving us calls. Yeah. So here's what my prediction is. It's in the Microsoft conference. We see a train blazing by a silhouette of a man with like auburn gold hair is like on the top with a blaster in his hand. Uh, the next scene is like a spaceship flying into a port. The next scene is like a guy jumping from a canyon with a jetpack on his back. Then you start seeing like a hoth speeder on the snow. And then all of a sudden you see IG-88. And sure enough, he gets shot. And there he is, Dash Rendar. Oh. 
I still believe, and that is, uh, the police come and arrest me because they know I'm crazy. Um, I still, uh, <laughs> one second. I still believe that, uh, that a, uh, Shadows of the Empire 2 needs to happen. And a Shadows of the Empire remake must come with it. And I will put that on my Dream 3 wish list till the day that that arrives. I want that game. I need that game. It needs to happen. It's stupid that it's taken this long. That would be... That? The, I, I would be ready for that. I, I have that on Nintendo 64, and I'm, I remember it fondly. Did you ever play that, Big Dog? Which one? Guys of the Empire? Yes, of course. Dude, that game was so good back in the day. I just remember, like, the Boba Fett... Boba Fett? Boba Fett Canyon area. Like, that level sucked because it was so long, but it was also the first level where you got the jetpack, so you of had course. to kind of, like, learn how to, like, jump around... Man, imagine how good that game would be if you could actually control the character easily and you knew where you were shooting. And instead of like linear levels, it maybe had like more of an open world. So just an updated Bounty Hunter. Yeah, you know, I actually never played Bounty Hunter. Was it pretty good? I was fairly good. It was, it was just, it was Django Fett. It was the, it was all just him. Yeah, but was it like that style thing where you still have like levels where you're in spaceships and you're driving around on speeder bikes? And, or is it, it just speeder, like. It had the speeder bike stuff. I don't I think it had the spaceship stuff though. Okay, yeah, because that's one of the things that always bums me about modern games is a lot of them are, like, very concerned about doing genre crossing, so they all yeah. kind of stay in their lane. So it's like a first-person shooter, maybe you'll have a vehicle, but probably not even because they don't want to deal with vehicle controls. Yeah. So it's like just run through these corridors. Yeah. Um, just so our guest, Big Dog, has time to prepare something crazy, what are you thinking, Josh 3, 2021? <laughs> So this is my this is my go to every year. Um, we kind of got this in the form of a DLC uh, last year, but I am really hoping that they'll make that Alan Wake two announcement. Oh geez, dude, hell yeah, yeah! Like it, we'll have this just black screen, and you'll just hear a narrator's voice going on there, and hear some clicking on a typewriter, and then you'll hear it. You'll hear and. In the shadows, I emerged. Will it be connected to control this time? Will there be somehow like he's like part of that house or going to the the oldest house or or whatever it's called? Maybe he works for them. Maybe he works as part of that agency. And isn't that like I didn't finish control, but isn't that the DLC like story? Yeah, yeah. Well, she I haven't finished it either. But what I know is that she finds him, you know, like it. She I don't know how it ends. I want to play it. I need to get to it. I know like she. Yeah encounters him and uh for a special uh package for those who are celebrating pride week just to be all the corporations are showing their rainbow flags i believe you, it's a month now i've been you told can ch- yeah. yeah so yeah. pride year, screen, it's a year the, the, the black screen fades into rainbows and you can okay. they're like new special dlc where alan wake changes his gender and changes it to alice wake oh man you're gonna get us canceled <laughs> <laughs> I, Actually, re- I, I thought I read that some game got in trouble because they refused to add like all different kind of genders. It was either a man or a woman. And it was they, uh, Assassin's like a, Creed. Was it that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they that was years ago. So they said it would be hard, too hard to animate like a female body. So people got really crazy angry. And yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is old oh, way, no, no. right? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was the new character of the the next Assassin's Creed is going to be like non-binary or something. I don't know. Like this no, one, rom- like like no romance. This one is. 
Is this it? one is non-binary Avor? Like I didn't choose I the, the, the non-binary option, but if you choose that, then the character, you know, it's spoiler. I didn't get to it, so I'm never going to see it. But like, spoiler is the character changes their gender midway through the thing. Oh, so, I didn't know why you did that. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> you didn't know that, man. How are you so? Jeez, are, how do are you, you so, uh, do you even history, bro? <laughs> yeah, do you even history, bro? How are you so ignorant? Okay, I, it, uh, you know, at this point, it, it it doesn't matter to me. You know, I just want a good story here. I just don't want to like have to. I don't know, feel like I don't relate to characters anymore, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, that stuff's crazy. But Big Dog, what is a what is that game that you want to see that you're probably like, I'm never going to see this, but this is your dream three. This is the thing you're making. Uh, you're a, good, to life. A, a good Mass Effect game. No, that's, well, that's impossible. That's, that's that, is, that is the dream, isn't it? You. You might as well give up on that hope and kill yourself. The closer I inch to finishing Mass Effect 3 for the hundredth time, I'm going to pull that trigger. <laughs> oh, no. I was joking. I wasn't trying to be an actual bully. <laughs> um, we'll get canceled for bully stuff now, too. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Mass Effect Andromeda is not as bad, I think, as people think. I, I, went, back and oh, I, went, I went back and tried to play it again. It's as bad as everybody thought it was. Really? I yeah. went back and turned it on, and I think I had such low expectations that when I got to the part where you had talked to people, I was like, this is okay. I don't think it's good, but it's I like... I like any of the characters, nothing about it. I mean, well, it wasn't didn't yeah. grab me. It wasn't interesting. The story wasn't that interesting. I mean, it was just like... It, it, you know, we talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake being the shopping cart, like a shopping list game. Mass Effect Andromeda is the ultimate shopping list game. Like, you just go go down the list. I yeah I didn't get far enough to see what you guys saw. I just barely got to the station. You know, there's like that station where you get. And I was like, once I got there, I enjoyed it so much more. I I only played that station. I shut it off because I don't think it's a good game. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before that, like that intro was so bad that I took I put it down for like five years, and I turned it back on when there was like a Game Pass quest to like, like do Josh something. with Dragon Age. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah, I still... What Dragon Age did you stop? The, the, the first one, the he couldn't get out of the one, castle at the beginning of the game, and he says, I'll never play this again. It was so I love the first Dragon Age, but I only got, like, it is a slog, so I got to, like, the end, and I was like, I, I'm done. I'm yeah, I did be, I did beat it, and I and they've progressively gotten away from the first one. Yeah. But they've uh, my only problem is they're just getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. Really? Okay, so Dragon Age Inquisition, I loved. I did. I loved, I that's a great game. Yeah, great. same. Yeah, Dragon Age 2 was the one where I fell off immediately. I got to it super late. It was more late. of a button masher. Yeah. So I, I loved the, like, I, a lot of people hated Inquisition because it was like, a, there was a checklist. There was a lot of stuff to do in every zone. But I generally enjoyed everything I did. And then I, I love talking to teammates. I play it for the RPG elements. Yeah, yes, totally. That's kind of how I felt um, same way. But yeah, man, I, I'm really looking forward to this E3, though. I think it's going to be really good. I, I don't think it's going to be, like, the best E3 ever because a lot of these companies are working from home now, and that's just not – you're not going to get the same yeah. productivity it, in an office. And it's unfortunate, too, because this is kind of a make-it-or-break-it moment for Microsoft. You know, they if they don't have at least three big titles hit the market by holiday season – uh, I just I I feel like the their good graces are not going to be as good anymore. Yeah, I, I think that one of the big things that you got to remember about Microsoft is like, while I will agree that they need to have stuff, they have like 30 studios and they haven't put out a big title in almost a whole year. Mm-hmm. And the big title they put out last year was like 
Bleeding Edge and Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, which is like <laughs> technically like, you know, friend studios, if you will. So yeah. I would say like they are probably going to have three big titles this year. My guess is they're going to have at least one big Bethesda title. Even if it's not um, Starfield, there's there's a rumor that Arcane Studios, the company that made uh, Dishonored and Prey, they you also have another Elder Scrolls. Uh, what? Elder Scrolls, damn it. Yeah, that's your yeah, – I mean that's <laughs> – bringing up the wrong tree. That's going to be like four more years. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so you're probably going to get at least one. There's potential also Wolfenstein might come out, Wolfenstein 3. So you're talking at least two – but probably closer to three or four games just from Halo and those three. You've got, you've got Psychonauts 2, which I know is multi-platform. That's coming out soon. Um, there's just so much stuff. Like Microsoft, it's their show to lose, as people have said. Like they have shown next to nothing. So unless they told all their studios they could take a break for a year and pay them, which would be the first time in the world that a, a company's been like, oh, let's give you all millions of dollars and not do any work. Um, totally possible. But unless they did that, there is going to be stuff shown tomorrow. Yeah, I don't yeah. know when it's coming out. Um, I assume at least three titles will be out by the end of this year. But they probably – they have a 90-minute press conference. Um, there's rumor that there's going to be a new Forza Horizon. There's uh, Halo Infinite supposed to launch. There's rumor that Starfield may launch. There's Project Omen. There's talk of Fable. There's the perfect Dark game they tease. There's Everwild. There's – I mean they have like an infograph. Uh, that somebody showed or infographic or whatever it's called. And there are so many titles. Like if they don't blow us like out of the water, at least in some ways by showing three to four tiles that launch in before next E3, I'll be amazed. I, I, I literally will think like, well, they've given up. And they don't really care about games. Yeah. Well, we need, I mean, besides Halo, we need at least one other big title to launch before holidays or during right. holidays. Well, I, I'm almost positive, and we've talked about this, and this was one of my predictions last week, and I'll put it out here. I'm almost positive Psychonauts 2 is going to launch this summer, maybe even tomorrow with the uh, showcase. Now, that's not a AAA title, but that's a game that's going to be on Game Pass. Then they've got The Ascent, which they're going to show off, which is not a huge title either. It's like a top-down Diablo-like shooter that's co-op, so it's fun for friends. That's coming out July. They're, they're probably going to have like a bunch of titles launching soon. Now, are those the biggest titles? No, but is Baldur's Gate uh, or Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance or whatever it's called a Game Pass title coming out next week? Yeah, so they're going to probably talk about that. Um, are they? Is the rumor that um, what is it? There's a new rumor that one of the title, one of the games coming out, is Game Pass as well. The new Battlefield, Battlefield Six, is supposed to be Game Pass. Um, there's just so many Game Pass games that even if they're not like these big Microsoft exclusives, they're essentially free with a service. So you right. can bet they're going to show those off. Have you guys heard anything about the Microsoft making TVs with Xboxes built into them? Yeah, yeah that was announced yeah. yesterday. Yeah, the, so we'll see what that means. Yeah. So th- their whole thing has always been like consoles are like cool. And for people like us who maybe want to experience games the best way possible for the easiest way without building a PC or something, then that's the way to do it. But if you just want to play games with xCloud coming out, you don't need a console. You use your phone. You just need to spend like 10 bucks a month, you know? And yeah. I think that is something neat. Is that the way I like things? Not really. But do I think that's still like a cool thing that doesn't ham- doesn't hurt me? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's as long as they options. keep releasing games, it's more options for people. Like now if I want when I'm playing a game and I'm out, I can bring my phone and Xbox controller or yeah. an iPad and Xbox right. controller. As long as you got yeah. Like that stuff. 
Yeah, that's stuff that that you be logging into their do. servers, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like that's a mobile gaming console. Yeah, is it going to be as good as a game on your console? No, probably not. It's cloud, but it's it's not. I don't have to pay anything for it. That's part of the thing You're I already paid for anymore. on my console. Yeah, yes, definitely. So I, I think Microsoft stuff's going to be weird, but I don't think they'd spend what was it seven billion dollars on Bethesda or some number like that. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think it might even been acquisition price well you'd think everybody be cautious after the whole cd project red fiasco yeah well yes they're they're not going to announce anything it's too soon but the bethesda acquisition was seven and a half billion dollars you don't buy something like that without expecting a lot of return so i think right and and bethesda i think in the pipeline that shows them that this is worth the investment yeah they in bethesda i think itself has 15 studios under it or some amount like that i can't remember it was a lot so it's like i think your wish of three studios is going to be granted. Now, do I think those are all going to be games for us? I don't know. I think Halo's going to be dope. Like, I enjoyed Halo Guardians, which is, like, the most hated one. I thought that was still fun. I played co-op with my brother-in-law. That game is great. Played the multiplayer bunch. Super fun. Um, I played that stupid, crazy giant mode they had before everybody did Battle Royales. Do you guys remember that? Where it's, like, two teams, there's PvE, and there's, like, 30 players on each side, and you're running around using cards. It was in the new Halo 5 when it came out. Like oh, it was called, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't spend a lot of time in that multiplayer. Okay, so all that stuff was great, and I have no doubt they'll match that, if not more. You know, there's there's potential the Halo Battle Royale is going to be there because they're saying the Halo multiplayer is its own free service that you get. Um, but the cool thing is, is unlike Sony where, you know, like Mike or Josh just spent $150 after tax on two games – <laughs> These games are coming to like a service that you spend 15 bucks a month if you didn't get it on sale and you'll get a plan. And whether they're like, I love Crackdown 3. I loved it because I didn't spend any money on it and it was fun. You know, like it was, I don't know if it's worth $60, but yeah. I had so much fun with that game for free. Or well, for, think, you know, how many how many games are out there that you do, you wouldn't pay for, but you probably yeah. enjoy the shit oh, out of them? Yeah, a lot of the ones on Games Pass I wouldn't have paid for, but I've had good experience. Like Night in the Woods is a is a perfect example. Like I enjoyed it, but would I have paid twenty dollars for it? No, not at all. Or Man Eater, that game that just came out. <laughs> or for the, <laughs> the uh, sharks. Uh, yeah. I was talking about like that game is wonderful. <laughs> that game is totally worth playing on Game Pass. Like that that service that service is what Microsoft is now. You know, like so it's weird. Like we're talking about this, but. We're talking about essentially three totally different companies. A company like Sony that does games the way we always did it. A company like Microsoft that's essentially trying to invent a service better than Netflix for gaming. And Nintendo, this old, weird, handheld hybrid from like <laughs> the 90s that makes great games, but they just do whatever the hell they want to do. And, and people, that's I think that's why this yeah. E3 is exciting. <clears throat> and people love them. Okay, my bros. Anything else you guys want to add before we got to hit the dusty trail? Uh, no, I mean, next week we'll have some thoughts on what's actually happened. Hopefully we're right. Uh, well, hopefully Big Dog can join us again because this was like a super short episode. And we'll talk to you about like stuff you've been playing and junk. Um, that'd be really rad to have you speak with us because we've been a, a lonely twosome for too long. Oh, for sure. Okay? I gotta, just give me a little bit more heads up. I can do some more research. I will never give you a heads up. I will give you one minute because <laughs> I'll say, oh, we're going to record right now. You want to do it? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a heads up. Yeah. All right, dudes. Well, peace. Let's enjoy the C3. I'm sure there'll be lots of chatter. Peace. Later. Later.